one. Let's stand together and turn to page 380 in your hymn books, page 380. Three hundred and eighty, the words Jesus saves, amen. We have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land, climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command, Jesus saves. Saves. Wafted on the rolling tide, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Tell to sin is far and wide, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing ye islands of the sea, echo back ye ocean caves. Earth shall keep her jubilee, Jesus saves. Jesus saves, sing above the battle strife, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, by his death and endless life, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, he softly through the gloom, when the heart for mercy craves, sing in triumph for the tomb, Jesus saves. Jesus saves, give the winds a mighty voice, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, let the nations now rejoice, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, shout salvation full and free, highest hills and deepest caves, this our song of victory. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, amen. And let's do one more song, 669, throw out the lifeline, amen. 669, throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave. There is a brother whom someone should save. Somebody's brother, oh, who then will dare to throw out the lifeline, his peril to share. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is sinking the lifeline with hand quick and strong why do you tarry why linger so long see he is sinking oh hasten today and out with the lifeboat away and away come on throw out the lifeline throw out the lifeline someone is drifting away throw out the lifeline Someone is sinking today. Throw out the lifeline to danger fraught men. Sinking in anguish where you've never been. When 
winds of temptation and billows of woe will soon hurl them out where the dark waters flow. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is sinking today. Soon will the season of rescue be o'er. Soon will they drift to eternity shore. It's then, my brother, no time for delay. But throw out the lifeline and save them today. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Is drifting away. Hey, let me hear you. Lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you once again and we ask your blessings. Lord, we're needy people. There's nothing we can accomplish here this morning if you are not the purpose, if you are not the reason, if you're not the power behind what is going on. We ask you to bless our speaker this morning with power to preach your word. Lord, we pray for the special music we're about to hear. Lord, we pray for the last hymn that is yet to be sung, that it would not just be words, but, Lord, it would be a reflection of our soul in worship to God. We ask that you would be honored and glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz. All right, now let's turn to page 414. 414, the way to live is by trusting and obeying the Lord. Amen. Trust and obey, 414. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but a smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sign nor a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus 
but you trust and obey. Now, this time we'll have all the children, 11 and under, dismissed to our junior church. And let's sing that last verse. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Amen, and you can be seated. And just before the message this morning, we're going to have our ladies' ensemble sing. Listen closely to the words, Brother Burgett, as soon as they're done, the pulpit is yours.
Thank you, ladies. That certainly was a beautiful song. <clears throat> Appreciate it very, very much. Well, it's such a delight to see all of you here this morning. We, uh, you know, you could uh, have done a lot of things besides go to church. And I appreciate the fact you've come here. I really do. There's a lot of things to be done out there in the world, but there's nothing as important, in, honesty, in, on, in all honesty, nothing as, in, as important as getting under the sound of the Word of God. You need the Word of God. If you're going to, you know, if you intend to go to heaven, and I don't know of many people who don't intend to go to heaven, but how to get to heaven is critical. It really is. This is a special meeting that we're having. We started last Thursday evening, Friday evening, Saturday evening, and here Sunday morning, and again tonight. And uh, as you well know, I'm not the pastor. The pastor was up here. He made the announcements and so forth, and um, he normally does the preaching. And uh, so <clears throat> judge me kindly. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I really... Uh, um, I really am, feel honored to be, uh, be allowed to be here today, and uh, it is a thrill to my heart. Four years ago, I was able to be here, in, uh, four, a little bit more than four years ago now, in the summertime. And uh, what a blessing it is to see God's blessing and His hand of blessing on this church and seeing the people uh, increasing in number. Uh, last evening, last evening, no, the night before, we had a get-together with our young people, and that was a, a blessing to me, and uh, to see the young people gathered there in the basement and, and uh, talked with them. And so uh, this morning, I want to speak to you, and you're going to think I'm going to repeat my message, but I, I'm going to, those of you that were here, I think I preached on this Friday night, maybe, on the subject of on giving to God. And Friday night, I didn't preach on anything on money, but this morning, I'm going to preach on money. Sorry, that's just the way it goes sometimes, you know. And um, I mean, if you go to the store, um, do, they, uh, do they hesitate to tell you how much it costs? No, they don't hesitate. I've been, uh, I was talking with my sister. My sister's an 80-year-old lady, lives down in, in Ohio, over in Ohio. Where am I? I don't know. I think I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Over in Ohio. <laughs> Try and get myself oriented here. And uh, talking to her yesterday, and I picked up the... Uh, we're, uh, the church has very graciously put Brother Hearn and me in the uh, Crown Plaza Hotel. And uh, so I picked up the notebook and I said, uh, Sis, I want you to listen to this. And uh, told her uh, one fried egg is $3.50. And uh, one meal uh, is uh, uh, where you have just, I think, probably an ordinary steak, $29.95. And uh, she said, my, 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 that's awful. I said, yeah, we're not eating here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, but, you know, they don't mind telling you, do they? It costs this much. If you're going to eat here, this is what it's going to cost. I, uh, uh, recently, my wife and I celebrated our 54th wedding anniversary. And uh, so um, our church out in Hot Springs, Arkansas, Gospel Light Baptist Church, very graciously gave us a, um, a certificate to the Osaka restaurant. And, uh, and uh, it was a $54 one. I said, man, I wonder how many times we can eat there. I went and I found out not many times. <laughs> we, we never have frequented that place. I decided to, uh, and, and the funny thing that happened was this. 
one of my classes at Champion Baptist College, um, that uh, I was given that certificate on Wednesday night. On Friday morning, they gave me a certificate for the same restaurant for fifty dollars, and I said, "Man, I'm going to just just going to camp out there," but I uh, I know better this day. <laughs> but I took the preacher and his wife and uh, the uh, the uh, uh, mother-in-law and uh, and took uh, two of their boys, my wife and me, and I was crazy, but I went. We did, and we. And we spent all of our money that I had gotten, and uh, plus. <laughs> so I'm not going to camp at the old soccer restaurant. <laughs> but uh, it costs. It really does. And, you know, I, I, don't, I, I know that sometimes, you know, you go to church and you say, Oh, man, I hope that preacher doesn't always harp on money. No, the preacher doesn't harp on money. This guest preacher does. And I'm only going to do it this one time. Tonight I'm going to come back. We're going to preach... I'll preach an entirely different style message tonight. So um, if you get uh, hurt or irritated with preaching on money this morning, come back tonight. I'll soothe your feelings. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know something? The entire Bible, the theme of the entire Bible is giving. I really believe that's the, the theme of the Bible is giving. Watch this. Just a few statements to, to emphasize that truth. God gave life. To Adam and Eve, they became living souls. You know, our world is saying, I saw on the recent U.S. News and World Report, um, <clears throat> no, no, it wasn't on U.S. News, it was on the National Geographic. The newest National Geographic has this uh, artistic rendition of a little ape and a cute little guy, you know. I think they put human ears on him. All they had was a skull. And they said that the this, this skull was 3,300,000 years old. Not 3,301,000 years old. Not 3,299,000 years old. 3,300,000 years old. And I, I, I kind of chuckled to myself and said, now who determined that time lapse that took place, you know? But anyway, uh, <clears throat> and said that this is the first... Uh, what was that? The first uh, human, what was it, baby? Something. I think something along that line. And I said, man, folks, you really got it all messed up. I mean, do you think, I mean, now you and I sometimes act like apes. Uh, I'll acknowledge that. But we don't look like them. No, we don't. We don't look like them, and we ain't. We are human beings. We're a living soul. Uh, God has given us a living soul. And we are not an, a, a, the high grade of animals. We are human beings. We are made in the image and likeness of God Almighty. And we are different from animals, totally. An animal dies, and I hope I don't shock anybody, but when an animal dies, it just dies. But when we die, we are still alive forevermore. And buddy, that is entirely different. We need to, we need to realize that. So God gave life to Adam and Eve. They became living souls. That's why we have funerals. We don't just throw a body in the ditch and walk on. There's a funeral. It's not just because they're a special person to us. They're a living soul. And that soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. And so God also gave proper coverings to Adam and Eve. And that certainly is a good suggestion for all of us to understand. We 
You know, summertime is a rather temp uh, tempting time for people to go with little. But God gave them adequate covering, didn't he? And uh, so you, we learned that too. God gave grace to Noah. In Noah's day, the world was, was determined. I mean, <clears throat> the imagination of their hearts was only evil continually. But Adam, I, I'm sorry, but Noah and his wife and their three boys and their boys' three wives <clears throat> found grace in the eyes of God. An ark was built and their lives were saved. But you know what, uh, what is true, and you, you understand this, I know. He did give grace to Noah. But you know, as soon as Noah and his family got off the ark, things went haywire again. I was talking to Brother Ted. Uh, he must be out somewhere. That's all right. Uh, I talked to Brother Ted last night and talking about his little boy. And I said, you know, um, he said something about his boy was a pretty good little boy. And I said, yeah, well, don't forget, he's still depraved. And he looked at me and I said, yeah, that's right. I said, you think you're an angel? He said, no. And I said, well, your kid's not an angel either. I said, I don't mean that wrong, but they're not. I I've got five kids. Not one of them was angelic. I haven't been angelic. I told him, I said, go look in the mirror, buddy. That's why you got the problem you got. You know, isn't that true? Sure it is. Yeah, I'm not picking. It's just a fact of life. And uh, we just need to work on those things. And, and you know, when Noah and his people got free from the ark, they went right back to sinning again. And you got the Tower of Babel came up right shortly thereafter. And here they were. And God came down and confused the tongues. You think, you, you want to know why our brother back here speaks Yugoslavian? Because of the fact that God said, I'm going to have this people speak Yugoslavian. And we can't understand him. And, you, and folks back here, over here, speak Japanese. And, uh, and that gets you, gives you another wrinkle. And, uh, and so forth. You know how it is? We understand that, don't we? If you're living in New York City, you do. I know you do. This is something else around here. But it's proof. Listen to me this morning. It's proof of the sinfulness of mankind. Probably never thought about it that way, that way before. But that's what it is. It's proof of the sinfulness of mankind. And uh, God's going to have his will and way in, in all of our lives. So Abraham gave, uh, I'm sorry, God gave grace to Noah. And then... <clears throat> We, just the other evening, spoke about Abraham giving Isaac on the altar. Giving. Do you hear the word giving? Over and over and over. Joseph gave his life for his brothers. And, uh, and Esther. Esther gave her life for her people. And uh, we go to the New Testament. God gave his only begotten son for our salvation. Giving, giving, giving. God gave us eternal life through his son. It is, we are recipients of His grace. We are recipients of His blessings. Man, you talk about a blessing. Why should a... Could I say it this way? Don't take offense. Listen to me. Why should a motley crew like us get to go to heaven? I'm not using that motley crew in the current meaning of the, that term. You understand what I'm saying. I'm talking that real. Because you and I, we're, we are sinners... And we don't deserve heaven. We deserve God's judgment and wrath. But by His grace, you know? So He's given us life through His Son, if we'll receive His Son. Christ gave His life for our redemption and forgiveness. He did. Christ gave His life. 
He didn't hold it back. He gave his life. The apostles gave their lives for the gospel. They literally did. Early Christians gave their lives for the gospel. I don't mean this in a hero worship meaning at all, but Brother and Mrs. Mickey have determined we're going to give our lives in Kenya. And I say amen, folks. Go ahead. Uh, here's, um, I forgot your first name. What's the matter with me? Oh, okay. Andy. Andy Hearn to Nepal. His wife, he and his wife Joy and their three children, the fourth one on the way. And they're, they're giving their lives in Nepal. Do they think they're heroes? No. They're just simply being obedient to the Lord. And do you think that Pete Montoro thinks he's a hero because he came to New York? No, he doesn't think he's a hero. He simply is being obedient to the Lord. Listen, people, we give our lives for the work of Christ because it is worthy. I think about <clears throat> John and Betty Stam. This may be a, a person out of history. Maybe you've never even heard of them. But they were in the early 30s. They went to China as missionaries. And the communists caught them in Tsingtai and literally, make a long story short, murdered them. And uh, their little girl somehow escaped and was brought back to the States. Um, and, uh, uh, but they gave their lives. They literally, they let Betty stay alive while they cut Jim's, uh, I'm sorry, when they cut John's head off and let her see that. And then the knife mercifully fell on her, ne her, her neck and she was gone. But they gave their lives. They loved the Chinese like that. Betty had been raised in China as a missionary kid. Uh, I think about Nate Saint, Roger Yodarian, Jim Elliott, Ed McCulley, Pete Fleming. These men gave their lives for the Lord down in the Ecuador jungles. And I mean, it was, it was an, I mean, they went in there to, to try to reach some people who had never heard the gospel and they and they were misunderstood, misinterpreted. They never even actually had a chance to even start talking to the people. The men of that tribe came out with spears drawn and, and killed them right there on the beach where they had landed their plane and dispatched them all. But a, wonder, a wonderful story finishes that out with, with this. Betty Elliott and Nate Saint's sister, Rachel, went in there afterward and took little Valerie with him, uh, that was um, Betty's uh, girl, and uh, lived there amongst those people and won them to Christ. And then those people, one of the fellows' name is Min Kay. Uh, Min Kay had literally speared Nate Saint to death. And he became a very close friend, like a dad, if you please, to Nate's boy, Steve. Steve, of course, is a grown man, has grandchildren now. And Steve, uh, uh, Steve became a very, I mean, he went back there with his wife and children, and they lived with the, with the uh, Indians there. They're called Waodani. You may have heard the term Aoka. Uh, Aoka means uh, a killer savage or something like that. And so their real name, though, is Waodani. And, uh, and he lived there with them and helped them a lot. I could tell more stories about that whole thing, but we'll have to go on. I think about Joe and Tana Collins, who went to Nepal, same place where Andy and his wife are serving. Joe and Tana went there and spent two years. They were flying out on a plane, and the plane crashed. 
And Joe and Tana and the five children, all killed in the crash, gave their lives for the people of Nepal. We are asked to give. You know, last night I went to the, uh, went to the, um, the Starbucks and got uh, some coffee for our meal last evening. And um, they didn't hesitate to tell me, that's $20.90. You know, I either pay it or I don't have the coffee. Right? So it does, it does cost sometimes. It really does. And we need to be honest about that. And I want, us to, I want to just, I'm all, almost going to be preaching like your pastor would be preaching, so please don't misunderstand me. I'm not the pastor. I don't think I am at all. But I want to teach you some things this morning that will help you because I know what America is like, and I know that, that there's a few of the people in any of our churches that carry the brunt of the burden, and we ought to all be involved. Mm-hmm. I know. You don't want to hear that. I know. But that's, what, that's truth anyway. I want to talk to you about the tithe. The tithe. You know what the tithe means? That's one-tenth of our gross income. One-tenth of our gross income. Told you I was going to preach on money, so I am. So be happy now. I'm preaching what I said I would. Um, and I want you to know something. I want you to understand this. Sometimes, you know, people say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, the tithe, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's back in the law. Well, that's true. It is. But it was also before the law. And I, I, uh, let me just cite to, for you, if you can turn your Bibles, do so. Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. This is before the law. This is in the lifetime of Abraham. <clears throat> he was still called Abram at this time, so you'll hear that name. But uh, Genesis uh, 14, verses 18 through 20, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And listen to this, that last statement there in verse 20, speaking of Abraham, and he gave him tithes of all. Long before, about 400 years before the law was brought in, Abraham tithed. Got it? So it's before the law, but it, uh, and also uh, let's turn just a few pages in Genesis to chapter 28. Chapter 28 and verses 20 through 22. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. And by the way, folks, God had promised all that. He's just simply refreshing his mind in that. He says, So that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, listen to it, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Long before the law, Jacob promised, I'll give the tenth unto the Lord. Then, if you will, turn to Leviticus. This is now in the law. Leviticus. <clears throat> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. If you're not familiar... We'll help you every, every bit we can. <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 27, the last chapter in Leviticus, and verse 30. <clears throat> now, this is the law. Okay, this is in the law. And uh, Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30 says this. 
And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So that's right out of the law. So we've got it before the law and we've got it in the law. There's no question about it. The tithe belongs to the Lord. I want you to turn, in, if you will please, to the last book of the Old Testament, to the book of Malachi. Malachi. <clears throat> Right before the New Testament begins, Malachi, <clears throat> Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Will a man rob God? Boy, what a question. Will a man rob God? Kind of strikes our heart strings, doesn't it? Will a man rob God? I remember when I first got saved, I'd been baptized, and my friend, um, said to me one day, have you uh, started tithing? And I said, no. And he said, well, why don't you? And I said, I was a smart mouth, still am. But anyway, I really was back then. And, uh, and I said, I just knew enough scripture to be dumb, you know. Uh, and uh, I said, uh, well, you know, um, God will bless those that give, so I'm going to let them get the blessing." See, what a, that's a smart mouth. That's not being nice at all. That's just being a smart mouth. The question is, will a man rob God? What do you think? Listen to the answer. Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? Listen to the answer. In tithes and offerings. Wow. You know, I saw, uh, we, my son had this experience in Japan. He's a missionary in Japan, been there for 20 years and uh, we spent 20 years there ourselves. And uh, one of the men got saved in his church there. And, um, and the man, for whatever reason, went back in his, and, and calculated what he should have been tithing all the years he had been working. And he gave that amount of money. You know how much it was? $25,000. Can you imagine that? You know what uh, Mike was able to do later? He was able to later when that man, look, what, what did this guy do? This guy ended up not only getting saved and baptized and started tithing, but he then surrendered to preach. I'm not surprised. When God finds a person with that kind of a heart, he's likely to say, why don't you preach for me? And so the man went up to Sapporo where we used to live years ago and started a church. You know what Mike did? Mike led the church to give them $25,000 to help them on their church. <laughs> you know something? God has a way of, paying, of giving it back. You can't anticipate it. You can't expect it. But I guarantee you, God will bless those who give. But listen to that. Listen to that. In tithes and offerings. And then verse 9 says, Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Where do you think the storehouse is? You're in it. We're right here. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Listen what God said. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke verse 11, and, we're, and I'd plan to just read to verse 10, but I'm going to read 11 too because it's very 
important to us. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. I believe with all my heart, people, that if we will honor the Lord by giving our tithes and offerings to the Lord, he will honor us by rebuking the devourer and will hold things back. And you and I uh, can use things longer than they ever you'd ever expect it to happen. I remember one time when I had a, uh, an old car, and um, that's not unusual for a Baptist preacher to have an old car, you know. And uh, so uh, my uh, alternator went out, and I took it down to the shop to get it repaired, and the man said to me, uh, how many miles you got on this car? I don't remember how many it was. It must have been over 100,000, I suppose. And uh, he said, man, you should have replaced this uh, alternator a uh, couple of times by now. He said, this is the first time? I said, yes, sir, it's the first time. And he said, man, I wonder how that happened. I said, I'll tell you how. There is a God in heaven that takes care of people like me. I believe that. I really do. I think God can make an alternator run longer, don't you? Sure he can. He keeps the wires together, makes everything work just right, and you only have to replace it once in the, li- car, in, the, in the lifetime of the car, instead of three or four times. I believe that with all my heart. He, you honor him, he'll honor you. I know that's true. I know that's true. I've experienced it. My wife and I started, before my wife and I were married, uh, I started tithing at my friend's behest, and, uh, and we've tithed all these years. And we, we started faith promise giving uh, many years ago. And uh, I have run all kinds of experiences with faith promise giving. Uh, I've given more consistently through faith promise than I do in my tithe. And God still blesses. He'll still bless. I guarantee he'll bless you. You just see, just, just, it is just thrilling to see what the Lord will do. Look at Matthew 23, 23, because what I just read to you was according to the prophets, it was still in the law, but it's toward the closing of the Old Testament era. So go over to Matthew 23 and verse 23. And listen to what it says here. This is Jesus speaking now. This is New Testament era. The law is now ended because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, right? And so now we're over on that side. And he says to the scribes and Pharisees, and he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done. And listen to that last... Uh, phrase and not to leave the other undone in other words the tithing is correct but you know what i i I don't know about you but if you've read your new testament at all you understand this i think it is an amazing thing to me that we have so little said about tithing in the new testament i think that the reason is because of the fact it is well established in the old and jesus endorses it here with what he said there and it's just simply expected that we are to tithe uh, and uh, so, uh, anyway, you know, that's a tenth of your gross income. I, uh, you know, you say, I've heard, I've, I've pastored for years here in the States. I've pastored for, uh, uh, preached as a missionary for years in, in Japan. I've heard it on both sides of the Pacific. And uh, some people will say, you know, well, I just can't afford to tithe. And my answer has always been, no, you can't afford not to tithe. You may not see how you can tithe, but you can't afford to disobey God. That's the thing. 
You've got to, you need to obey Him. Now let me, let me throw out something to you that's above the tithe. You say, my soul, you really are after money. No, I'm not after money at all. I'm after getting these missionaries out of here and, and doing a work for the, for the Lord around the world. With this church, Brother Pete, how many uh, missionaries do, the, does uh, Open Door Bible Baptist Church support? 37. 37 families are out here around the world serving. We have a responsibility. I mean, you can say what you will, but we do have a responsibility. We've got to help them. We've got to do everything we can to make sure these people can get the job done. And here's uh, our tithe is primarily for work here. We understand that. So what do we do for the, for the missionaries? We're going to give above the tithe. And we're going to get a, if you please, a double blessing. You really will get a double blessing. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> the scripture there says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, I want you to hear the things that they're going through, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, listen to this, and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Listen to this. Notice it says, according to grace. God gives grace. When you give above your tithes and your offerings, he, he gives you grace. And even if you're in the midst of difficulties, and who doesn't get in the midst of difficulties every now and then? Don't we all? I used to tell my church back, back in Cartersville, Georgia, I said, if, you, if you've got troubles, thank God you've got troubles. It means you're alive. Isn't it? That's exactly what it is. We're alive. You've got troubles? You're all right. You better get rid of that trouble because nothing's coming around the corner. Yeah, that's life. And so, you know, in the midst of difficulties, these people were in the midst of difficulties. And they, I well imagine it was financial difficulties too. Don't we have financial difficulties every now and then? If you don't, you ain't living. Huh. I mean, who has enough money? Always need a little bit more, don't you? I could always stand a little more. Most of us could stand a little bit more. But, uh, you know, in the midst of difficulties, in spite of poverty, uh, you know, a, a Baptist preacher has never been on the high ranking on salaries. Did you know that? We, we didn't go into the ministry because we we're going to get rich. No. You're not going to get rich as a, as a preacher. That's all right. I don't worry about that. Uh, when I went to, when I went to uh, Champion Baptist College, the preacher was talking to me. He said, I don't know what we can pay. And I said, preacher, I'm not worried about what you can pay me. I'm worried about whether or not this is God's will. And I meant it. And, and he meant it. I found out. <laughs> but I'm still surviving. <laughs> Doing very well. Haven't lost, uh, lost any pounds over that at all. Everything's great. I flew in here. I'm flying out tomorrow. God is good. Thanks to Open Door Bible Baptist Church. <laughs> and uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate, you know, God does have ways of taking care. He really does. And beyond their ability, they didn't have the ability. Listen to me this morning. If you've got plenty of money, you don't mind giving away some of it. 
But when you don't have much money, you do think before you say, well, this is what I'll do. Because you realize you don't have that much to play with. So you're going to pray over it. Well, I think you should pray over it. I really do. I think everyone, I think everyone in this audience this morning that's saved, born again, member of this church, you ought to be praying that God would show you exactly what he wants you to give in the support of our, the missionaries of this church. Because we do need to have his wisdom. We need his direction. Um, look, at, uh, <clears throat> look at chapter 9 and verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. And boy, this, is, this will catch you. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And folks, listen, I'm a farm kid. I know what it is to go out and plow a field, work it up, work it down where it's ready for the uh, drill to come in and, and plant the, uh, the seeds and put the fertilizer on. I want to tell you something. You get the best seed you can get, you put on the right amount of fertilizer, and you drill it in the ground, and you pray and ask God to give you appropriate amount of rain, and if appropriate amount of rain and you have good seed in the ground, you're going to get a crop. You'll get a good crop if God blesses the weather the right way. Most of the time he does. You know something? No farmer in his right mind says, oh man, let's just not even bother with getting good grain. We'll just, we just got some of this. This is pretty sorry grain, but let's plant that. It, it may grow, it may not. No farmer talks like that. He doesn't say, oh man, we don't need to put fertilizer on there. That's just an added expense. We, we, don't, we not, uh, don't need that fertilizer. Yeah, we do. Got to have it. Listen to the admonition here in the scripture. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And he's not talking about sowing the crops out in the fields. He's talking about giving of our money to the work. And uh, boy, it is, you know, the scripture goes on in verse 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I hope, I hope you can give with a cheerful heart. I hope you can say, wow, what a blessing it is to be able to give. And it is a blessing. It really is. Uh, my wife and I are diligent about that. We make sure we give our tithes. We make sure we promise a certain amount of money every week for faith promise giving. And we make sure we get that taken care of every week. God will bless you as you give. He will bless you. He's promised that he will. And, 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 and hear what that says. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. This is a decision for you to make. You can decide how much. Nobody's going to come back to you and say, buddy, if you don't give five bucks every week, or if you don't give ten bucks every week, or fifty bucks every week, we're going to beat you to pieces. Nobody say that. No. You get to do that on your own. You get to ask God what he'd have you to give. And you do as God leads you. Even the kids can be involved. Yeah. Kids can be involved. Men, our kids these days get money. Sure they do. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I never did because I'm an old man. No, I'm just having fun with you. But you know, you just think about that. You know, give ungrudgingly, not of necessity. You give it cheerfully. Look at this. <clears throat> Verses 8 through 11, same passage. And God, listen, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, 
that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You know, I preached, I forget which night it was, but I preached on, on Abraham giving his son Joseph. And I said, aren't you glad that God just asked for your money? And it's true. God told Abraham, give your son. He says to us, give your money. I'd rather give money, wouldn't you? And that's not so bad. But we've given our son to go to Japan. He's in Japan, been there all these years. We've got a daughter and her husband that's been in Japan uh, as a missionary. And we've given that, and we've given monetarily too. I don't think I'm a hero. Not at all. I'm just an ordinary guy, just doing what God expects me to do. And uh, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Goes on in the parenthesis and says, As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And the end of the parentheses there, and then goes on and says, Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth us, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. The rewards of giving, you have plenty. You have plenty. Um, boy, I wish I could spend some time on that. I don't want to, I, I need to keep on moving. But, but I'd just like for you to understand, what you have is sufficient. You know, I, I have a, a, a young couple that just went to Guyana as missionaries. And um, they uh, had a credit card debt I didn't know about. I'd asked them to tell me everything they were doing so I'd know how they were financially because I'm the missions director. And, uh, and, they, and uh, they didn't tell me about that. But I found out about it. And so I wrote them a, an email that probably was a bit smoldering when it got there. And I said, missionaries must live, I repeat, must live within their means. They cannot go into debt. And I mean that for, for missionaries. They ought not to carry a burden of debt. They got enough to carry. They don't need a debt on them, too. And, um, but some of us do foolishly. You've got to learn to live within your means. And so... <clears throat> There is sufficient, and it will abound to every good work, and you can, you can be grateful to God. I, my wife and I rejoice in what we're, what we're able to do. We're not doing anything heroic, not at all, but we rejoice in serving the Lord. What a blessing it is. Then finally, here in verse 8, I already read it one time, but I want to read it again and point out some other things. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That means, man, it, there's so many things involved in what God will do for us. Uh, the history of this church is a testimony to the fact that God is able. It really is. No question about it. I mean, why, why would a family like the Montoro family come up here and be able, to buy, be able to get a hold of a piece of property like this and a building like this. God. That's it. God is able. And um, 
Uh, we need to understand that. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. You can make wise purchases. You can buy at bargain prices. You ought to go with my wife and see how she does her shopping. Man, she is a bargain hunter. She doesn't care. If Kroger's got a uh, bargain sale, she'll go to Kroger's. If another store has a bargain sale, she'll go there. And she just buys the bargains. She doesn't buy the rest. Just buys the bargains. Nasty attitude? Mm, probably. But that's why I stick her on. Say, do it, sweetheart. That, that's how we survive. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, I, I believe that. I really do. Make wise purchases. Ability to do things you never thought were possible. Hey, let me tell you something. I, I, I literally was sitting back there in my seat there a moment ago. And, and Brother Pete says, Brother Bergen, you come as soon as the special is sung. And I thought to myself, boy, I'd like to know how you deserve to go up there and preach. I mean that. I mean that, really. Uh, you can't imagine how strongly I mean that. But I don't deserve to be here at all. I don't deserve to be anywhere at all. But God has been gracious. And God will be gracious to all of us. He has no favorites. Do you know that, folks? He has no favorites. He loves us all equally. So God is... Uh, um, God has the... Uh, Ability to do things you never thought were possible. I mean, I, I, I couldn't help it. I called a preacher friend of mine. And I said, hey, buddy, I'm in the Big Apple. You know where that is? He said, that's New York City. I said, you mighty right. He said, you're in New York City? I said, yes, sir. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I can look out my window and I can see the LaGuardia Airport. Man, he said, that's something. I said, you're not kidding, it is. I mean, I'm elated. I mean, I'm having a, the ball of my life. I went up on, the, uh, up on the roof yesterday. I was probably not supposed to be there. But, uh, you know, a farm kid doesn't know what you're supposed to do and what not supposed to do. And I sure wasn't going to ask because if you ask, you'll be told, no, you can't go. You might jump over, you know. And uh, I got better sense than that, but they don't know that. And uh, so I went up on the roof and I, I just looked around. Man, what a sight. I mean, it's gorgeous. From, uh, I'm not sure... Uh, I, I was looking right at the airport anyway, right the, and from my perspective, the right end of the airport. I looked right straight across there and saw the buildings and saw the planes. And, uh, and uh, so I made that 12 o'clock in my mind. I'm going to point this way since I don't know which way it is anyway. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, then I said, I told my friend, I said, you know, about 11 o'clock, you start seeing the skyscrapers. And I said, you just turn all the way around, all the way around till 6 o'clock skyscrapers everywhere he said man that must be something i said it is <laughs> you know i'm just a farm kid i'm having the ball of my life i mean see all these big buildings i looked over there and i saw the empire state building and i said wow i know that building been there when i was a high school kid and uh i mean this place is fascinating god lets you do things are you listening to me this morning i think if you'll honor god god will honor you Give you some kicks, give you some pleasures, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's wonderful. I really do. Man, I tell you, I mean, when we were flying in uh, on Thursday, a little 12-year-old girl was seated beside me. And uh, so she didn't know where she was or anything. And she knew she's coming into New York. She knew that, of course. But I said, hey, youngin', look out the window. See the Statue of Liberty? Look. And she said, where? I said, that green thing standing over there. <laughs> she said, oh, I see it. 
I mean, isn't that fun? I mean, you folks probably get used to it. You don't even think anything about it. But us country bumpkins, man, we have fun. We get to come to a big city like this. And I say, and I'm saying this to you, I believe that's what God does for us. He gives us some special privileges. Um, I, I just, uh, I'm just uh, elated at what the Lord has allowed me to do. So God is able to make, you know, God is able to uh, make things last and be sufficient, that you're always having all sufficiency in all things. God is able to make you abound in every good work. This farm kid doesn't deserve to be a preacher, but here I am. And my, fr and my friend that I was talking to yesterday was a, a box uh, factory worker, and he's been a preacher for years. We've been friends for 49 years. He was my first song leader, and he's been a preacher for about, I don't know, 46 years or so, I suppose. And, um, and you know, and he's just a box factory worker. But he's been preaching the glorious gospel of Christ all these intervening years. What a blessing. What a blessing. We don't deserve it. Uh, so, you know, you honor the Lord. I, I've said it, and I know I've said it, but you honor the Lord, and he'll honor you. He really will. So, let me bring this to a conclusion. Giving of our tithes and regular offerings is our spiritual obligation. It really is. I believe that with all my heart. You've got to do that. You don't do that. You're robbing God. Don't do that. Faith promise offering is above and beyond the tithes and offerings, and thus is accompanied with other blessings, as I've already mentioned to you. And all may participate. Hey, kids, don't overdo it. But you can promise a nickel, a dime, a quarter, and then go get it. If you have to ask Dad for it, ask Dad for it. You can, I mean, you can get it somehow, but don't go hog wild. Don't say five bucks a week and you don't have that kind of money available to you. But you can do a nickel, a dime, a quarter, and everybody that's a member of this church ought to be able to do something. And I hope you will. Now, <clears throat> I know that I have just primarily hit the money matter. Now, I want to change just the last moment of this message. I want you to turn to, if you can, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. You know, I appreciate the fact that you have come to church this morning. I really do. We've got some new folks here this morning. So far as I know, probably never been, maybe never been to Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Maybe never been to many churches at all. I'm glad you're here. I really am. But I would do you a disservice if I just left you with what I have just preached. Because it all sounds like, well, all that preacher wants is give him your money. And that's not it. That's not it. That's just, that's just the emphasis of this missions conference that we've been in. But look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I want to emphasize this matter of salvation by grace. Brother Mickey brought it out. 
salvation by grace, repenting of your sins, and receiving Christ as your Savior. If you have not Christ as your Savior this morning, you are literally one day closer to hell. And I don't say that lightly. That's an awful thing to have to say, but it is a truth. And I would be remiss if I gave you the impression that God loves you, and since God loves you, you don't have to do a thing. No, that's not so. God does love us, and he loves us purely. He loves us with all his heart. He gave his son to die on the cross of Calvary for us. And we can be saved by the grace of God. We cannot be saved by works. And oh my, how many, how many Americans, how many times do, do I hear this door knocking? Oh, I'm going to heaven. And what do you base that on? Well, I'm a good man. I don't do bad things. So, and my reply is, so, you think because you're a good man, you can get to heaven. Yes, absolutely. So then why did Jesus come to, to the cross of Calvary and die? Oh, well, I don't know. I, well, he came and he died for us. I said, well, if he died for us, are we good enough? Or do we need him? I hope you're listening, folks. Because if you have not Christ as your Savior, you can be the best person on the face of this earth. You can be a wonderful person and end up in hell. Don't do that. Christ gave his life. And all you need to do is re recognize you are a sinner. Repent of your sins. Say, dear God, I am sorry. I am a sinner. And I repent of my sins. Please save my soul. And you know what? God will do a work of grace in your heart that is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, the other night, the preacher asked me this question, since I'm an old man. <laughs> he said, how long have you been serving the Lord? I said, well, I was called to preach in 1953, so I said, I guess it's about 53 years, isn't it? And I was, a, uh, in 53, I was 23 years old, so now you know how old I am. But anyway, he asked the question, how have you stayed faithful to the Lord? And I re responded, by the grace of God. And I got to thinking about that, and I said, I want to say something more to the church about that so that they can get a clearer picture. Because verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should, what? Walk in them. You don't even have to run. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. And, uh, and I tell you, folks, if you'll just walk in the Lord's strength, you just keep going till he says, come on home. I'm anticipating that. I really am. But I tell you what, if it hadn't been for the salvation by grace, I'd have nothing to hope for. I'd be absolutely destitute. What are you clinging to today? That's my question. What are you depending on to get you to heaven? You don't want to go anywhere but heaven. I know that. But what are you depending on to get you there? If you're not depending on Christ and his shed blood, you've made a mistake. And it's an eternal mistake. Could we bow our heads for a word of prayer?
Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank Thee for Your blessings upon us. I want to thank Thee for each one that is here today. Dear Lord in heaven, I pray that Your Word has found lodging in the hearts and lives of everyone here. I pray that You'll guide and direct and bless the invitation time. Dear Lord, would You bless in a wonderful, wonderful way. May the Lord Jesus Christ be glorified in, in and through all of our lives. And if there's one person here this morning without Christ as his or her Savior, I pray that they'll come to, come to thee today and believe on Christ and be born again. Bless, I pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet, if you would, please. We'll let, the, let Brother Montreux take the invitation, because he's the pastor. He knows what he's doing better than I do. Brother Montreux. continue to play our missions conference for those that are visiting with us is one time a year that we talk about and pray about what we're going to do for the cause of missions for the coming year
we have uh, two young men here today. If you guys would uh, come on forward here. Anthony, come on over here where everybody can see you. And Lenny, they're coming forward today to be baptized and become members of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Membership here is very simple. Number one, you've got to be saved the Bible way. Number two, you've got to be baptized the Bible way. And it kind of goes without saying, you have to want to be a part of what's going on and serving God here at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. All in favor of receiving these two upon their baptism, say amen. Amen. Now, we have to ask this question. Any opposed? I love the silence, don't you? Now, you guys go get ready. And uh, when they come back, we'll have a baptismal service. got to use these microphones, I guess, because we're recording the message. But just want to encourage you, in the uh, bulletin today, we put the total giving for this past year for our church. Now, this is not general. This is not anything else. This is just what we gave to missions last year, $38,544.25. Now, look around you. There's no rich people here today. Uh, And there's not 10,000 people here. It's just the few of us doing a little bit. Some people give a dollar a week. Some people give more than that, of course. But when we do just what the preacher preached about. Now, you see, um, uh, why, why did you have Brother Burgett come? Because he's been preaching this same message longer then many of us have been alive. Just being faithful. That encourages me uh, like nothing else I know about. I just want to know that somebody's serving the Lord faithfully day after day, year after year. You don't have to jump up and down and scream and holler and and... Do all the kind of things. We're not here to put on a show, amen? you got Bible today. And that's what we need to do. That's what our church is about. It's just about living God's Word. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. And we'll take just a, a few minutes here. I want to give a couple of announcements. We don't like to give announcements before the preaching because we want you to Put your heart and mind on the preaching of God's Word. Next Sunday morning, teenagers, we are going to take the next four Sundays and have a special class on Sunday morning during our Sunday school time just for the teenagers. And so uh, make sure you're here and try to invite those uh, that aren't and bring your friends. We'll be meeting downstairs. We're going to start using the... Uh, new partitions and and those things, and that will give us an opportunity to have 
uh, a Sunday school class, someone said, why in our Sunday school is everybody together? Well, it, it's real simple. We don't have any other place to go. And so uh, that's one of the reasons for the renovation project in the basement. And so uh, for those that are not teenage years, we have Brother Ted and Brother Franz will be sharing the responsibility, and we're just going to keep going on in, in our travels through the Bible. Uh, next week is one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Amen? And uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, we're just, uh, someone said, why do you go through the Bible stories? Well, if I were to ask you, how many here know who the widow of Zarephath is in her story? How many hands would go up? Uh, some of you would because you've been here for Sunday school for the last six years. Amen? Some of you would because, I mean, Brother Burgett, he's a teacher in Bible college. He better know who she is. Amen? And uh, But a lot of us just don't know those stories. And the stories we do know, we don't know the application, and that's the most important part. All right, let's bring the children in for the children's church there. And uh, Saturday, men, if you can help us, uh, come on in. There's some two or three pews right up here in the middle there, Sharon. You can just put everybody in. And uh, we're waiting for our, our two candidates to get upstairs here. But uh, um, just, men, we are going to try to finish the painting next week. We've got to go down the stairs. And the, lot, the big auditorium downstairs, we're going to be painting the walls. And if we could uh, get, we need a, at least five men, upwards of seven, uh, who know what to do when it, know what painting is, all right? Uh, if this is your first time, you never saw a paintbrush before, uh, you can come. Just be honest and tell me, and we'll let you help sweeping and cleaning and going around and all of that stuff. But painting is very dangerous in the hands of someone who doesn't know what uh, they are doing. And uh, we will do our best to teach you if you want to learn. But uh, we do need, we've got about 4,000 square feet of wall to paint. And so we can get it done and still make our prayer meeting at 4 o'clock if we get started at 830. And ladies, we're still going to have visitation. We've got those new tracks we're going to be passing out. And uh, don't forget about the uh, baby shower for Gina Svitsky. Uh, that is Tuesday night, November 14th. That's just one week from this Tuesday. And by the way, who knows what this coming Tuesday is? Who knows what that is, okay? It's election day. If you are a citizen and you're over 18 years of age, it's too late to register. You had to do that in October. But if you are registered, you need to vote. You say, my vote doesn't count around here. Well, you be faithful. That's, that's what it's about. You exercise that privilege. And uh, like I said, it at least gives you complaining rights. Amen? I didn't vote for that person. Amen. And so, uh, especially in the <clears throat> senatorial race for New York, uh, excuse me, political comment there. But uh, I'll tell you, we need to serve the Lord. Amen.
And you say, but none of the candidates do. Well, here's how it works. You just go into the voting booth like this, and you pick the best rat in the race. Amen? But we need to exercise our freedom as citizens. Men and women have given their lives that we can have that freedom. Don't ignore it. Exercise it. And so that's Tuesday. That's our announcements. Let's uh, have our men come here. Just a minute. Baptism is your personal public testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. Anthony, are you saved? Yes, I am. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Yes, I do. What do you base that knowledge on? Uh, on the work of uh, Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. You see, the water does not get you saved. The water does not get you one bit closer to heaven. The water has nothing to do with your salvation. That's finished. That's what Jesus meant when He said on the cross, it is finished. There's nothing left for us to do. Amen? But this is the thing that God has given us to tell everybody that we're saved. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit does the work on the inside. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. It's salvation. And once you are saved, you're saved forever. Amen? Amen? Now, here's the only problem. You didn't see it happen. You know it happened through faith. That's believing God's Word. Amen? We get to see it right here. And that's how you get into the church. And so we're thankful that Anthony Barone here has come. I said that right, didn't I? Okay. Uh, Anthony has come this morning to be baptized. So, Anthony, come on.
As you can tell, we're not real formal here. It doesn't do any good. Amen? And uh, now, Lenny, are you saved? Yes, sir. You're trusting only in Jesus Christ to take you to heaven? Yes, sir. Not the water? That's good. Isn't it silly? Why would you trust in water? I mean, you drink it, you take a bath in it, you cook your food, you brush your teeth. It's just water. Somebody said, oh, no, it's real special water. It's holy water. Uh, no, it's a holy God. And he's the one that does the saving. We go into the water picturing the death of Jesus Christ. Under the water all the way picturing his burial. Out of the water picturing his resurrection. Into the water, picturing the total surrender and the death of myself. Under the water, the end of the old me. Out of the water, the beginning of the life that Jesus Christ gives us. Beautiful picture, amen? I love God's picture book. How about you? All right. Lenny, you ready? fellowship of our church we've got to do one thing yet we've got to take an offering and uh, now for those visiting us today we take one offering a week Sunday morning and we do that because we want the world to know that your money is not what we're interested in it's your heart and your soul and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ we could have our ushers come at this time.
Uh, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your message this morning. We thank you, Lord, for each one that is present today. We thank you, Lord, for the uh, mission conference we have. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would open our heart and teach us how to be a cheerful giver so that we can receive your full blessing. Uh, Lord, thank you, Lord, for uh, providing the means to partake in this offering. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the two new members. But, uh, but most of all, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for sending your only begotten Son to die for us, Lord. And uh, through his uh, resurrection, we have everlasting life. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, guide, watch over us, Lord, as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Seven hundred and five. If you need the words, take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take.